Human Rights Commissioner quits over transphobic law in Saskatchewan. Irving family members are out from leadership of Irving Oil. Mergers and acquisitions in oil and gas in Canada show the industry is confident that fossil fuels will be used for the near to medium term. A quick update on Gaza and Ecuador elects a new president, the son of a banana giant. Good morning. It's Wednesday, October 18th. I'm Nora and here are your headlines. Let's start this morning in Saskatchewan. On Monday, Heather Katai resigned her post as the Saskatoon Commissioner for the Human Rights Commission over Scott Moe's decision to go after trans children. In a letter announcing the resignation, she wrote, quote, I believed that the Saskatchewan Human Rights Commission was an organization that upheld individual rights, demanded people uphold the rights of others, and enabled equality and equity. I was honored to be a commissioner, but I can no longer continue. A child's rights must always take precedence over a parent's obligations and responsibilities. Removing a child's rights in the name of quote-unquote parental rights is something I cannot be a part of, and I will not be associated with a provincial government that takes away the rights of children, especially vulnerable children, unquote. CTV's Rory McLean interviewed Education Minister Jeremy Cockrill, who said he didn't know about the resignation and that it didn't make a difference to him anyway. Justice Minister Bronwyn Ayer said that the commissioner's resignation was, quote, evidence of why the policy is needed, unquote. I, I mean, that just doesn't make any sense. The policy is obviously needed because commissioners want to fight for human rights. No, what she's saying is here we've got a case where their politics are pushing out good people from the Human Rights Commission who are critical of government. Ayer I guess, prefers a human rights commission that will just do whatever the government says, which is literally not what the job of human rights commission uh, is, uh, Bronwyn. Katai's own son is trans, and she's seen close up how difficult coming out can be for a young person. Meanwhile, high school students walked out of class yesterday to protest the proposed pronoun legislation. Jeremy Symes from the Canadian Press reported that students from at least six Regina high schools left class in protest. Symes asked Mo about the protests, and he said this extraordinarily goofy thing. His bill, quote, is meant to bring parents closer to their children's lives. Unquote. Ah, government-mandated parental proximity. What's next? Government-mandated parental love? <laughs> the teens in the article displayed far more nuance and humanity than their premier did. If only they were allowed to vote. Next, to news from the Irving family, one of Canada's richest families. Arthur Irving is stepping down as chairman of Irving Oil. He's 93 years old and is the sole owner of the company. Irving Oil owns Canada's largest oil refinery. Lindsay Jones from the Globe and Mail reports that Irving's daughter, Sarah, also resigned. She was executive vice president and chief brand officer. The statement said that their decision to leave was quote unquote difficult. Irving has been in the middle of a strategic review for months now. One of the possibilities of the review is selling the refinery, though no decisions have yet been made. Because the company is private, it isn't clear how much it's worth. 
One estimate that Jones cites places the business in the range of the two to three billion dollar category. Jones says that the Irvings are quote unquote omnipresent in Atlantic Canada. They are one of New Brunswick's largest employers and they have their hands in a lot. Paper, gas stations, deep water oil, wholesale, and they have plans to get into sustainables. Irving has operated for 99 years and was founded by Arthur Irving's grandfather. The company was divided in 1992 and the shipbuilding operations were taken over by James Irving. Jones doesn't get into the political influence specifically that the family has in the province, but it would be hard to imagine a New Brunswick that isn't under the thumb of the Irving family. Next to more oil and gas news, the Canadian press's Amanda Stevenson is reporting that things are going very well for oil and gas in Canada. After a summer of record-breaking wildfires, record-breaking heat, widespread anxiety, and so on, the oil companies are living large. So far this year, there has been $12.7 billion worth of mergers and acquisitions. Industry analysts say that this is proof of the general confidence in the industry to make a lot of money in the near and medium term future. The purchases and acquisitions have included Crescent Point Energy buying Spartan Delta's Montney Tarfield assets, Conoco Phillips buying Total Energy's Sermont Tarfield project, Suncor acquiring Total's part in the Fort Hills tar sand mine, and Tourmaline Oil Corporation will buy Bonavista Energy Corporation. Tourmaline is Canada's largest natural gas producer. Plus, Strathcona Resources merged with Pipestone Energy Corp. The new entity will be the fifth largest oil producer in Canada. Now, it isn't as if this year is record-breaking. In 2021, there were $17.9 billion worth of mergers, and in 2022, it was $15.2 billion worth of mergers. Three years of this kind of money means that the oil industry is quote-unquote flush with cash. One industry analyst says that the war in Ukraine is a good excuse for the fossil fuel industry to assert that it's necessary. And so companies are interacting as if they assume that the demand for fossil fuels will remain strong. Now to international news. The biggest story today, of course, is the hospital bombing in Gaza. At least 500 people are dead. While initial reports, including from some Israeli officials, said that Israel dropped a bomb, they are now denying it. They have not explained why the facility was told to evacuate by Israel if they hadn't planned on bombing it. And Israel first blamed the attack on Hamas and then on Islamic Jihad. Neither group seems to have the bombs with the capability of killing that many people at once, and Islamic Jihad has denied the allegations. It is the biggest death toll in a single act in Palestine. But the news is moving too fast, and as the sun rises over Gaza while we're all still asleep, I'm not able to give you an update based on what journalists are saying this morning, other than things haven't really moved. Al Jazeera is reporting Israel did it. Médecins Sans Frontières yesterday said Israel did it. Yesterday, when questioned by French journalists, Trudeau said it was an illegal act. And the question asked about Israel's bombing and Trudeau didn't correct him. So, you know, it's pretty clear, but watch for news sources that you can trust. I do trust Al Jazeera. Of course, there are others. Watch how information unfolds today. 
Finally, to Ecuador, where the heir to a banana empire has won the election for president. Daniel Noboa defeated the socialist candidate Luisa Gonzalez. Gonzalez is an ally of Rafael Correra, the exiled former president. Noboa won with 52% of the vote, and Gonzalez, 48 Noboa is the youngest ever president of Ecuador. He's 35 years old and has worked for his father's banana empire. His qualification on the runoff ballot was a surprise. He wants to help Ecuador's economy, create jobs, and use prison ships to house prisoners. Gonzalez had promised to create new social programs like free medicine and worker protections. This vote was held against the backdrop of the assassination of Fernando Villavicencio, He had been campaigning against corruption and was a journalist. He was murdered on August 9th and was polling in second place at the time of his murder. Seven suspects who had been arrested for Via Vicencio's murder were murdered in prison. There has been rising violence in Ecuador, mostly linked to drug cartels, but also violence against indigenous people who have opposed expanding mining and oil pipelines. In August, Ecuadorians rejected a plan for oil drilling in the Amazon in a referendum. Noboa will only serve for 16 months because the current president, Guillermo Lasso, called an election to avoid impeachment for alleged embezzlement. Those are your headlines for October 18th. It is Wednesday, folks. Winnipeg. Guess what? Tickets are on sale now for our Winnipeg live show. And we're bringing John Farrah with us for the music. You can find those tickets at thepointofsale.com. Just look for Winnipeg events. I think it's probably the only one listed or search Sandy and Nora live in Winnipeg. And I will share the links as well if you don't find it online. It's a Friday night, November 24th. It's going to be a great show and we're excited to see so many of you there. Of course, I'll keep announcing it here and on the main show. You are listening to this podcast at sandyandnora.com on the Real News Network podcast feed and wherever you get your podcasts. I hope you have a wonderful Wednesday. Oh my gosh, folks, we're almost halfway through this week already.